presence of God, standing with the angels and with the elders and with the creatures in heaven around the throne. Surrender our hearts to him afresh. Dave, if we could just start passing out communion, please. But just don't lose that moment right now. I am. Um, I had this song, or the, the lyrics of that song on my heart all week since Ben preached last night. If you, if you haven't heard Ben's preach from last night, it's, sorry, last week, not last night, last week. Um, just go to our app or podcast and um, have a listen to it. He talked about the presence, what that looks like in our lives. And that song just was on my heart and my spirit all week. And I just want to read that while communion is handed out. When you walk into the room, everything changes. Darkness starts to tremble at the light that you bring. When you walk into the room, my heart starts burning. And nothing matters more than just to sit here at your feet and worship you. When you walk into the room, sickness starts to vanish. Every hopeless situation ceases to exist. And when you walk into the room, the dead begin to rise. Because there's resurrection life in all you do. I just wonder. Is that our reality right now? Because Jesus doesn't change. The reality is that when we are in his presence. There has to be a shift. Sickness has to vanish. Hopeless situations cease to exist. Darkness trembles at the light that he brings. It is all about Jesus. And we sang about it. Jesus, Jesus. At his name, darkness trembles. And you know, he doesn't change. And see, if things don't change in our lives, if that is not our reality, that we are the healed, that we are full of hope and faith where fear is silent if that is not our reality what has shifted because he hasn't shifted what has shifted in our hearts what has shifted in our minds that we don't live in that reality of being in his presence every day every moment of our lives being aware of his presence because when he is here all these things cannot stand I want to share a testimony with you because this morning something happened that I actually got a little bit upset with God. I had little River in the car and he was very, very upset. He was unconsolably crying and nothing, nothing would settle him. And I started praying and I said to God, I need you right here, right now to settle this little boy to bring him peace to bring him to settle him down because he was so upset and nothing happened 
Then I said to God, why isn't anything happening? Why aren't you answering my prayers? Why, don't, why aren't you answering my prayers? And give this little boy peace. And God says, will you still believe that I'm good? Will you still believe that I don't change? Will you still believe when I don't answer your prayers right here, right now? Will you still keep your eyes on me and praise me? And so I had to make a decision that no matter what, whether God answered my prayers right here, right now, whether things would change, I had to change. Not questioning God, but to praise Him anyway. Not to question His goodness, not question His love for Him or love for River or love for anyone and His faithfulness, but to just praise Him. And nothing's happened, nothing's changed. But that doesn't mean that God God doesn't love me and God isn't here for me. But we need to start believing. We need to start expecting. I think we need to start every Sunday morning. We need to come expecting that Jesus will walk into here and bring his kingdom, to bring heaven down, to shift things, to bring healing, to bring deliverance. So this morning, as we take communion, I believe God just wants us to refocus together. Just shift our focus off our problems and onto what He has done on the cross. Shift our, shift our gaze and shift our attitude from hopeless situations and sickness and difficult circumstances and, and challenging relationships. Shift our focus away from that and fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. Because he is faithful. And when he said it is finished on the cross, he not only meant it, it was established in the realm of the Spirit so that we can live in that reality. That we can live in that reality of the finished work of the cross. And so no matter what our situation, no matter what our circumstances are this morning, as we eat the bread and drink the cup, let's just refocus again on what Jesus has done and what he has accomplished. There's resurrection life here today for each and every one of you. So let's eat and let's drink together and let's be thankful for what Jesus has done. Jesus no matter what is going on in our lives. This morning we surrender. We surrender with great joy. We surrender to who you are, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And we refocus and we fix our eyes on you, Jesus. We lift our gaze. We lift our eyes unto you. And when we behold you, things on earth will grow strangely dim in the light of your glory and your grace. In your wonderful name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. Before you sit down, just cuddle someone, give someone a hug, bless someone.
Okay, everybody coming back just, just before the children go out. Um, we'll take up our offering and our tithes. And um, I just have a few announcements. We haven't got anything on the screen because I think we're still sort of half in holiday mode. But um, just a couple of things I want to announce. That this Friday is um, Aussie Day, Australia Day. And um, if you... If you want to get together and bring children and grandchildren down to the park at, um, at the Broadwater Parkland Southport, we're going to have a picnic together for those who want to join in. Um, so at 10 a.m. this Friday morning near the Jumping Pillow, um, BYO Food and Drinks, just come bring a picnic basket and just your, your rug and just hang out. And if you want to have more details, contact Morgan. Morgan, wave your hand, darling. Morgan... Um, and um, so this is this Friday for our, for our family get-together um, for a picnic, if you want to. The other thing I want to announce is the Commonwealth Games are not that far away. And um, there are a lot of Christian ministries and churches that are actually involved in, um, in a whole heap of activities. Now, we as a church um, want to commit to some involvement, but they're also asking for individuals to be involved um, with the Christian in our city. And so if you are interested in finding out any more about the, all the different activities that are going on um, from the ministries and the churches, on Tuesday, the 30th of January, so this is Tuesday a week, not this Tuesday, the week after, there is a Beyond Gold Commonwealth Games Expo, which you will get everything you need to know, want to know about how you can be involved or how you can help out or whatsoever. Um, and that is at 7 p.m. at the Church of Christ in Southport. Okay, they're looking for all kinds of involvement with children, with homestay, with um, art festival, etc., etc. And the last thing I want to mention to you is that um, we are organizing a garage sale at the shop at Roland Street at our building, um, Saturday the 3rd of February which is two weeks yesterday, we're going to have not just a shop open, but we're going to have a garage sale. And what we want to do is we want to be able to sell things like homeware, household items, kids' toys, books, DVDs. You know, I've done a big cleanup thanks to my daughter. She's helped me. done a big cleanup through all my books and cupboards and stuff like that, and there's more to come yet. But uh, we're just going to have a garage sale. So if you have items that you want to get rid of, and you want to donate, then please bring them down to um, number 21, Roland Street in Southport. And um, we're going to have a garage sale 
on the 3rd of February. Oh yeah, the profits of that will go to set free care. Okay, yeah. So when you bring your items to the op shop for the garage sale, let the ladies who are on that day, let them know they're not for the shop, they're for the garage sale. And um, we will also have a sausage chisel on that day as well. And um, so it'll be a lot of fun um, raising some money for set free care. Seven o'clock. Seven, we're going to do seven till about 12 or one o'clock, just half a day. And um, so, you know, come on down and, you know, one man's junk is another man's treasure. So you might even find something. Well, Malcolm's not allowed to bring any more stuff home, though. So I'm getting rid of stuff. He brings it home. So that's how it usually works, doesn't it? So, okay, without any further ado, did we take up our tithe and offerings? Yeah, yeah. Um, the children go out to um, Children's Church with Mrs. Julie. Wonderful. And, um, and Mel is going to come and um, preach to us. Well, there you go. How's everyone doing? Good? I want to I begin this morning by um, asking a few questions. And those questions are not necessary to be answered, but, I mean, as, as a response here now, but I do ask them from the intention that you will answer them. And so the first question is, we're um, a little bit into 2018. Um, I don't know whether people made New Year's resolutions or not. Um, but the, the first question is, where are you at? Where are you at in your emotional well-being? Where are you at in your physical well-being? Where are you at spiritually? Are you alive? Are you feeling a sense of clear direction in where you want to go for this year and for your life? And in saying that, how would you, if you had to describe your life at this given time, how would you describe it? Is it exciting? Or perhaps at this exact point in time you're thinking, just same old, same old. Or maybe you're even thinking, I am absolutely challenged out of my socks. Or perhaps it's all of the above. Whatever your answer was, you would have had to come to a conclusion based on something. How you, um, how you came to that conclusion... I would hazard to guess that it's based on a comparison of where you feel your life seems to be. And that comparison might be by comparing it to someone who you think is doing well or maybe it's comparing to someone who you know is doing not too well and so you're thinking, you beauty, I'm, I'm, I'm 
above them. I'm doing better than them. Or perhaps it's an ideology that you have as to how life is meant to be. But in all of those questions, I want to ask, what is the benchmark of how you arrive at your decisions? Because if you compare yourself to others, I don't believe that that's a real, a real good benchmark to compare to, to, to get a, an idea of where you're at. I want to present to you this morning that the best benchmark that you can have as to how your life is doing is the benchmark of the Word of God. I was sharing at, at Set Free Care this week how the Word of God is like a mirror. And, and we can look into the Word of God and we can see all of those areas that are out of whack. All of those areas that need adjustment. And the beauty of it of the Word of God is that it actually gives us encouragement and direction on how to bring adjustment to those areas. One of the major challenges I think that we face in, in, in living a modern or living in this world at, the, at this present time of, of wrestling through how we walk out our faith. And Paul is very clear. He tells us to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. But one of the challenges is, that we face is how do we maintain the disciplines that lead to a healthy relationship with God and also with other people? Because truth be known, we live in a really hurried and harrowed world there's there's a lot of pressure that people are, are facing in this in this age I was so encouraged by Ben's preach last week initially I wasn't sure where he was going but you know when he when he hit the home stretch he he really laid out some good um, points and principles and, and truth that we can actually apply to our life. And, you know, you can't go past focusing on the presence of God. What does that look like in your life? How do you engage in the presence of God? How do you um, experience the presence of God in your life? Because as we learned from Ben's preach last week, there is an incredible fruitfulness as we spend time in the presence of God. We understand what it is to be protected by God. We understand what it is to be um, ministered to by God, to be led into truth, to be empowered. What I find is at times we've, we've just got to pare things back and, and get back to basics. And sometimes it's, it's really good to just stop and ask yourself the question, where am I at? Where am I at with my walk with the Lord? Where am I at in my marriage? Where am I at 
in, in how I relate with my family? Where am I at in regards to community life? How do I engage with other people? So we need to pare things back and find again the things that work for us and work well for us. And so this morning I, I want to share probably three things that have been absolutely instrumental in my own life to keeping me on track and to, to regularly bring refreshing to my life. Now at the end of last year, I let these things slide. And at the end of last year, I paid the price. Because I got to the end of the year and I was absolutely flogged. And, and so my, to a degree, my, my resolution for 2018 was that I don't want to do another year like 2017. And that can, be, that can sound like it might be a little bit amorous or... Or, um, hey, idealistic, yeah. And there's a real challenge for us in this day and age to be in the game and not just on the sideline. Church in many, in many different arenas has become a spectator thing of where we go and we sit and we spectate and in many ways we even sit there and get entertained. And so long as the music is good and so long as um, the seats are comfortable, the, the building is air-conditioned, we're okay with it. But if the music's off and the mix isn't right and the, the air conditioner breaks down and someone sat in our seat, man, I've been sitting in that seat for 25 years. Don't they know that there is a protocol in this church? But it, it sounds ludicrous, but in so many ways it's true. And so it's about getting into the game of, of not being just a spectator on the sideline, of, of getting in and participating. And I know this is, this is so close to Ben's heart in where he wants this church to go. That's why we've called it our community. Because we want it to be a family, community-based, um, vibrant, life-giving body of believers so easy to get swept up in the day to day and lose sight of our ongoing growth in the Lord in our Christian walk there's all sorts of intrusions, we've just come back from a cruise we had 8 days and 8 nights on the ocean and, and visiting certain islands and and, and probably the most refreshing thing for me on that whole cruise was that I didn't have internet and my phone didn't work. 
because we get so caught up in in this electronic age even to the point of where some people have anxiety when they can't get on their Facebook page or their Instagram there's the busyness of the day to day grind expectations that are just we, we feel them and they're real on our shoulders you know, so when work isn't going well, we feel the expectation of, of what we need to contribute. And so I guess this morning, what I want to warn against and, and guard against as, as I share these, there's only three keys to how you can maintain a vibrant engaged lifestyle an engaged relationship with the Holy Spirit and my prayer is is that that would keep you fed there are so many malnutrition Christians walking around and, and they don't even know the state that they are in just, just for interest's sake, who here, and this is, this is not to single anyone out or to um, embarrass anybody, but who here actually reads their Bible every day? God bless you. Can you see what I'm saying one of the the, the the key aspects of us staying in tune with God is to be in his word is to be receiving that revelation to, to be searching for revelation of, what, of how God is wanting to meet with us and build us and encourage us so I guess the title of my message this morning is Healthy Habits. Healthy habits help us maintain a consistency and an ongoing growth in our Christian walk. And you know, you can, you can develop habits in other areas as well that are healthy. The idea of a habit refers to a settled or regular tendency or practice and perhaps you're thinking oh Mal this is sounding a little bit like religion to me there's certain things that we need to be disciplined in and yes if you want to say that that's a religious thing to do yes because the religious thing to do is that we do it over and over we're consistent Habits can be used in a negative way as well in reference to bad habits. And I can guarantee that we could all list or quote a list of bad habits that someone close to us has. He always talks over the top of me. Every time we're in a conversation, he just talks over the top of me. She's just a negative Nancy. 
you know, it's easy to be drawn to negative habits. But what about finding those positive qualities over people and, and highlighting them and encouraging one another in those things? And that's where we, we use the term habit in a positive manner. Building good habits and practices into our lives. Where we actually forsake the acts of our flesh and co- cooperate with the Holy Spirit. So that God can actually transform us. And I guess if I wanted to be HH, habits of holiness. But I, I, I believe healthy habits of holiness. I believe it's so important to establish these things in our life. And the first one, believe it or not, is reading your Bible. We need to form things in our Christian walk. Galatians 6, 7 to 10 says this, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked, for whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone and especially to those who are of the household of the faith. A lot of this stuff, I, I, it takes me back to discipleship days of where we, we actually uh, are forming important habits into people's lives so that they don't veer from it. They form it in their lives because it's, it's a life-giving um, practice that produces good fruit in their life. James 1.22 to 25 says, Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror, For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. Godly habits need to be initiated. They need to be matured in conjunction with the sanctification work of the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit wants to present us, wants to prepare us as Jesus' bride because Jesus is coming back and he's coming back for a spotless, faultless bride. How do you think you measure up now? Holy Spirit, we need you. Paul is very clear about why we discipline ourselves to develop godly habits. There's, there's actually a goal And 1 Timothy 4, 6 to 10 says, If you put these things before the brothers, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus, 
being trained in the words of the faith and of the good doctrine that you have followed. Have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. For to this end, we toil and strive because we have our hope set on the living God who is the saviour of all people, especially of those who believe. Can you see the foundation of how knowledge of, of Scripture builds things into our life so that we actually have a benchmark that we can gauge as to how we're doing, how we're measuring up. I actually believe it's impossible to grow in Christ-likeness without reading the Word of God. Of actually sitting down and, and reading and, and meditating and, and toiling over the Word of God. You know, it's one thing to... I'm, I'm not knocking listening to podcasts. I do it all the time. But something happens when you actually visualize the words on a page or the words on a screen. It's as if they can actually take root into your spirit and begin to, to grow and produce, produce life. To truly grow, we must deepen our relationship with God's Word. Asking Him to give us an ability to rightly understand and apply it. 1 Timothy talks about training ourselves to be consistently <clears throat> in the Word, to growing consistently in maturity. 2 Timothy 3, 14 to 17 says, but as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. One of the things that has really challenged me towards the end of last year and the, and the beginning of this year, it's so easy to exist and, and, and walk to a degree a uh, um, something that you're comfortable with in where you're at in God. But one of the things that has challenged me is I actually want to begin to see more and more of the supernatural begin to happen in, in this church. Wherever Christians are gathered, 
And it's not going to happen unless we begin to step out and exercise faith to make it happen. And it's not that we, we make it happen on our own accord. I was journaling this week and I, I was reading Matthew 12 and, and you know, reading about the man with the shriveled hand. And one of the things that really compelled Jesus to speak to the man was this shriveled hand. He had compassion on the man. And I saw, wow, what, what an incredible empowerment true compassion really is. When you have true compassion, you'll actually be moved to speak up, to minister. It's, it's, a, it's a real gift and a, a, um, a fruit of the Holy Spirit. When was the last time when you walked down the street and, and had genuine compassion on someone that provoked you to speak? Or provoked you to even minister to them? It's a good question, isn't it? Seek to develop a regular and systematic regime in God's Word. Reading, hearing, studying, meditating, and let's not forget applying because information is one thing but without the formation of that information there's no real growth it's got to be formed in you so number one reading the bible number two prayer How's your prayer life? Is it just one of those things that you grow in? Um, occasionally you'll come into a tough time and your prayer is, God, help! Or is it a consistent, growing communication with God? When we have that consistent prayer life, it produces in us a great, healthy habit of holiness. The Holy Spirit is able to work attributes of faithfulness, of godly desire in, into our lives. The more you pray, the more you desire to to be in the presence of God, to experience the presence of God, to see God move in your life. Prayer enables us to see our dependence upon that healthy communication with God. And you know, in many, in many ways, reading the Bible is a form of prayer. One of the best definitions I have heard of, of, of prayer is that it's just plain and simple talking with God. 
I need to go and have a chat with God. Well, when you, when you talk with someone, there's a, there's a process of communicating. Communicating isn't just speaking, it's also listening. And hearing what he wants to say to you. Paul urges to pray in all circumstances and to make this a habit. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in every circumstance, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Consistent daily prayer, consistent daily communication with God is such a key to maintaining a healthy outward walking in your Christian life. Number three, worship. Worship is actually the, the natural expression of a heart that has been regenerated by the Holy Spirit. See, when you come into the presence of God, as Karina led us this morning, there was just a, a, a spontaneous response. I wanted to worship. I wanted to declare the goodness of God from my heart. It involves love and single-minded devotion to our Heavenly Father. And it's as natural and necessary in the spiritual life as breathing is in the natural. Where there is physical life, there's breath. Where there is spiritual life, there is worship. Worship is such an important part. It flows when we meditate on how worthy God is of our praise, of our adoration, of our worship. He is so good. So good. And you know, when you, when you truly identify those things that, you know, there's two things for me that have just been so powerfully, um, such a powerful revelation. And one is, God is good. And the other one is that he loves to do good. For us to enjoy a vibrant, healthy lifestyle, there is a great need for us to persevere in the discipline of worshipping God. And you know what? That has to be more than just corporate worship on a Sunday morning. That has to include, or it, that there has to be a, a, a time of where you're actually worshipping God in the quietness of your own home. I do it when I'm driving. I do it when I'm mowing. It's wonderful because, you know, you can... You, you, you can see God's creation all around. And it just flows spontaneously of how good God is. 
how wonderful his creation is and and just that thanks of 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 being a part of his creation it's a habit springing from a holy heart and one that is clearly led by the spirit of god and the last one and i i think this here has been probably one of the greatest lifesavers for me and that is the quiet time it's so important that we stop and be present we live in a hurried and harried world as I said before it's so easy to get picked up and dragged along by everything that is going on around us if Jesus had to stop and take time out to be with the Father how much more do we need to? you know Mark 6 just after John the Baptist was beheaded Jesus said to the disciples because everything was flat chat he said come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while so important for us to do this to just check out of the the routine the rat race and take some time and just get quiet I actually can't stress enough the, the, the value of having an intentional quiet time with the Lord it includes reading it includes prayer it includes worship and it includes just sitting there and meditating of, of just being with him without looking for and, and you know the challenge is is when you're in that quiet time you'll always be thinking of stuff that you've got to go and do and you've got to pair your mind back you've got to bring it back to centre and say no that can wait this is my important time I'm sitting at the feet of Jesus I'm sitting at the at the feet of my master because I want to learn from you I want to glean from the wisdom that you exude it means living with intention in this hurried world it's the habit of quieting your soul before God for an extended period more than just rattling off a prayer more than quickly reading through a passage of scripture it's in these quiet times that is actually the real receiving that we that we receive it's in those quiet times where revelation just drops in and something that you might not have understood for a long time all of a sudden makes sense 
It's in those quiet times of where you get a, a, a direction for something that you might be navigating through. It's in those quiet times where you, you feel the, the encouragement of the Lord that says, it's going to be all right. Trust me. Trust me. It's going to be okay. And I tell you what, when that stuff comes, it's something to stand on. And it's something that builds our faith, that strengthens our faith. We can refocus on a clarity of our calling, a sense of what our mission is in the bigger picture. We can draw on refreshing, which helps to hone our perspective and strength. But you know what? None of this stuff just happens if we're not intentional. I was sharing at Set Free Care at the end of last year in regards to New Year's resolutions. And I, I think the, the figures are that about 80% of New Year's resolutions by the time they get to March or April, those New Year's resolutions are out the window. That's when the gym membership drops off again. Or gym attendance. They've got your membership but the attendance drops off. Because people haven't been pre prepared to sustain the commitment or the resolve that they made. So realistically, there wasn't really a resolve. A New Year's resolution, for it to be a resolution, it's got to be resolute. There's no going back. And so the same is with us being intentional about how we're going to live our life. How are we going to grow in our Christian walk? You know, one of the books that I'm reading at the moment is, it's a, um, it's a book called The Normal Christian Life. I tell you what, it is challenging me left, right and centre. Because I think in so many ways we've opted for a counterfeit in the way that we walk our walk. Jesus' statement was that this and so much more will you do because you are my disciples, because you have faith in me. So again, I want to I finish with the question, where are you at? What's your relationship really like with the Lord? Is it something that is going to sustain you and cause you to continue to grow? And I, I truly believe that if you will develop 
and, and initiate and be intentional about reading the Bible, increasing your prayer life, engaging in worship and having those times of quietness and rest. You'll refresh and you'll be ready for whatever God wants to entrust to you. I think that's, for me, that's the thing. Can God trust me? We say we trust God all the time, but God, does it work the other way? Can God trust us? If there is someone that he truly wants to send us to, to bring life and to bring hope and minister truth to, can he trust us to go and do that? If he, if he gives us that sense? It's a good question. Why don't you stand? I pray that this has helped to bring some clarity and, and some encouragement to, you know, we're still at the beginning of the year. And so, you know, wouldn't it be great to just power through this year with confidence and, and clarity and a real sense of mission and to be just growing and going from strength to strength and glory to glory. So I want to pray over you. Father, I, I thank you for this company of people. God, I thank you for the callings that you have placed over each one of us. The purposes that you have placed over each one of us. God, I, play, I pray that you would reveal to us how we can plan so that we walk towards those purposes, so that we walk towards the destiny that you have for us. God, that we would just be so intent on honoring you, in spending time in your presence and loving the fruit that comes from that. God, I declare blessing over each one of us here. I release your anointing to be able to walk as you have called us. And over this company of people, Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you are calling us more and more to be that community of believers. God, that just heralds your, your name, that heralds what you stand for and is an example into our community. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, guys, hopefully the... We've had some problems with the coffee machine down the back there. Hopefully we have coffee. Um, yes, it's all good. 
Um, so grab some fellowship time and grab a cuppa and we will see you next week. Have a fantastic week. Victorious evening.